Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Brad and Angelina's stars combined, it made for the most powerful celebrity couple of the modern era. But when they turned on each other, well, the world is still feeling the aftershocks five years later. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. And we're back for a part three that we didn't initially plan to do. We didn't plan on doing this, but we got to the end of part two of Jen, Brad and Ange and we realised, wait, there is a massive divorce story that we haven't even had the chance to cover yet and it's going to be its own episode. Yeah, exactly. So obviously we are talking about the divorce story behind Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, two of the most famous people in the world who made up, I would say, the most famous couple in the world easily, right? Yeah, and I don't think that's looking back with hindsight and magnifying this relationship to be bigger than what it was. In the profiles that were written about Brad and Angelina when they were happily married, all of the reporters spoke of them as the biggest celebrity couple of our time. So we're not overstating it. These two were the biggest mega stars. They are still massive in their own rights, but man, oh man, they are not on the same side anymore. No, exactly. I remember being so completely blindsided by the (laughs) announcement of their divorce back in 2016, which is almost embarrassing. But I remember waking up and reading the news thinking I was not expecting that. And I know we say that about a lot of celebrity couples, but as you said, I think there was something about these two where they deliberately put out an image where they were almost each other's soulmates. And we'll get Mm. into that a lot in this episode. We should say before we get into this episode, there is a little trigger warning before we jump in. This episode will make mentions of substance abuse, family and domestic violence. Yeah. So to cover this story, I mean, we're going to be jumping around a little bit. I think the main place we need to go to, Zara, is 2012. We need a rewind. 
All right, it is 2012, Mish. The couple have six kids together. They have Maddox, Pax, Zahara, Shiloh, Knox and Vivian. That feels like such a mouthful with six different kids' names to read out. Dare I say as well, like I know celebrities go for trendy modern names. They have a very good taste in names. Like I really enjoyed you reading out that list of six names. Yeah, it's a lovely list, isn't it? So in 2012, Brad proposed to Angelina Jolie with an epic ring. It was worth over US $250,000. So God knows what that means in Australian dollars. <laughs> Just a lot of dollars. He reportedly spent almost an entire year designing it with the ring designer. So not know. that expensive based on it being Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like 200, I'm not saying a quarter of a million dollars spent on a ring isn't a massive amount of money, but all I can think about is our episode on Chris Humphreys and Kim Kardashian. And that was a $2 million ring. They were two people that had built their brand off humanitarian work. Though, so I'm not sure it's the best look for Angelina Jolie to be travelling to different countries to help ease poverty with a $3 million ring on her finger. Good point. We need to talk about who Angelina was in the public eye at this point. We know that she is a pretty big humanitarian, that she really does put her money where her mouth is and she does the groundwork as well to go out and visit countries at least six or seven times a year, which is a pretty big feat for someone with six kids and a flourishing career career on top of that. Yeah, well, you've got to work around that. But I think at this point, particularly in about 2013, Angelina became known for not just her work in the humanitarian space, but also in the health space. She underwent a double mastectomy in 2013 after discovering, like her late mother, that she carried the BRCA1 gene, which really dramatically increases the risk for developing breast and ovarian cancer. And she very candidly announced this via the New York Times, like via an op-ed in the New York Times. Yeah, so she did carry that faulty gene of which she wrote a piece called My Medical Choice. I am fortunate to have a partner, Brad Pitt, who is so loving and supportive, she wrote in the piece. So to anyone who has a wife or girlfriend going through this, know that you are a very important part of the transition. Brad was at the Pink Lotus Breast Centre where I was treated for every minute of the surgeries. We managed to find moments to laugh together. We knew this was the right thing to do for our family and that it would bring us closer, and it has. This gave an incredible amount of awareness to this BRCA1 gene. Like, I can't think of a catalyst more than this story that made women and men talk about this gene and really normalise a really kind of traumatic procedure that a lot of people have to go through, which is either that single or double mastectomy. Yeah, I think as well it was also powerful to see a woman who has always been held up as one of the most beautiful women on the planet, someone who has a career that is dependent on her appearance as well as many other things like talent, of course, as well. But be able to say, yes, I have a lot riding on my appearance and I'm still getting this surgery because it is so important for me to do so for the health of myself and the well-being of my family. Yeah, that was a huge story. And then the year later, the two got married. They very famously told the world that they weren't going to get married until gay marriage was legalised in the US. So they didn't get married until August 23, 2014, in a ceremony that was attended by just 20 friends and family. Now, I want to know if that 20 number includes all six of their children and themselves, because if that's the case, they only have about 10 spots for guests. Yeah, exactly right. So this was in France. They actually had a courthouse wedding in Los Angeles before they went over and got married in France. All of the photos from the wedding were sold to People magazine, along with some, I believe, were sold to Hello magazine. We were a little bit sketchy on the exact figures. We know for sure that they are in the millions. Some reports 
court said that Angelina and Brad got about $5 million. It's pretty safe to assume that whatever sum they did pocket was then given on to a charity. Yeah, as we said in the last episode, it was something that they did a lot, sold the rights to their photos exclusively to magazines and then donate it to charity. Brad Pitt was 50 at the time. She was 39 and all of their children had a key role to play in this wedding. So Maddox, the eldest, was 13, Pax was 10 and they walked their mum down the aisle very beautifully. Flower girls Zahara and Vivian were nine and six respectively and they tossed petals (laughs) gathered from the garden. Shiloh was eight and Knox was six and they served as ring bearers and all of the kids apparently helped write their parents' vows. Also, Pax baked the cake, all very normal. This is the most like wholesome wedding I think I've ever heard of in my life and then take into account the fact that, yes, Angelina was wearing a wedding dress from the head tailor at the Versace Atelier. On top of that, though, she had her children's hand-drawn sketches embroidered into her gown and her veil. Like, as far as kids being involved in a wedding goes, this is going 100%. Well, Brad Pitt even told People magazine that he just wore a suit from his closet with a tie borrowed from one of his sons (laughs) because apparently he forgot to pack his. And, like, (laughs) part of which doesn't really believe that. It's like this real (laughs) line you spin out to be like, I'm so down to earth, I forgot a tie to my chateau in France (laughs) for my wedding. I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit cynical sometimes when it comes to Angelina and Brad. I'm not saying they don't adore their kids. I'm not saying they're not very family-oriented. But this wedding almost seems like something out of a picture book. Like I'm almost imagining little birds to swan in and like lift her veil up for her. It's like a fairy tale. I'm not cynical about the wedding itself because I do think, I mean, everything you read about Angelina in particular is very much like children at the centre of everything. Mm. So I don't think it's surprising that that was the centre of this wedding. It's just so wholesome. And then when you think about the fact that two years later, she'd be filing for divorce in a very messy fashion it's hard to reconcile both of those things. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is hard to reconcile. And I think before we get to the divorce, we need to talk about the narrative that was spun about Brangelina because it was the wholesome narrative. It was the perfect family life narrative. I mean, just listen to this one quote that was given to Marie Claire by Angelina in 2011. She said, Brad has expanded my life in ways I never imagined. We built a family. He is not just the love of my life. He is my family. I hold that very dear. I do feel like the way that they were able to evade so much of the controversy that came after his divorce with Jennifer Aniston was by putting out an image that they were each other's like true love, like ultimate soulmates. And yes, people were hurt in the process of them getting together, but oh, wouldn't you so much prefer them to be together than kind of ignore that? And Mm. that's very much the image they put out into the world. And suddenly we were like, oh yes, it all makes sense. They clearly match and are clearly meant to be together. Yeah. Another quote that Angelina gave to the media that stands out is this one to the Telegraph in 2011. She said, I'm very lucky with Brad. He is a real gentleman, but he's also a real man's man. He's got the wonderful balance of being an extraordinary, great, loving father, a very, very intelligent man, and physically, he's a real man. What is this real man narrative? (laughs) I don't know. Brad Pitt also told Esquire in 2013, I have very few friends. I have a handful of close friends and I have my family and I haven't known life to be any happier. I'm making things. I just haven't known life to be any happier. Mm, we also know that Angelina and Brad throughout this era were very much hands-on parents. They made a point to tell the Wall Street Journal in 2015 that while they did have nannies and they had kind of like private tutors and teachers for the children, they spent every morning together and the mornings 
were like the absolute heartland of their family life. They said, we wake up, we make breakfast. In our domestic life, we're mum and dad. And often we're dorky mum and dad, which the kids find ridiculous. (laughs) So dorky. So dorky. Brad also added in this Wall Street Journal piece, when Angie has a day off, the first thing she does is get up and take the kids out. This is the most important to do of the day. No matter how tired she might be, she plans outings for each and all. She has an incredible knack for inventing crazy experiences for them, something new, something fresh. I may be the bigger goof of the pair, but she invents the stage. I really want to hone in on this Wall Street Journal piece because similarly to when we covered Brad and Jen, we talked about that opening of a profile piece about Jen Aniston that kind of said, this is the time in Jen's life where something's about to go wrong. (laughs) And somehow I feel like something similar happened here with the Wall Street Journal piece because the writer really went away to explain just how perfect Angelina and Brad were and just how solid their relationship was as well. It's got this real sense of eeriness to it. The writer said that the kids don't, and I quote, have to worry much about mum and dad as a unit either. Angelina's quote to that was, when something happens in your life that's a dramatic thing, you either pull together or you go into your own. So many times people divorce very quickly. To me, if the film we're working on at the moment has a message, it's that you have to try to weather the storm together no matter what, and that's a beautiful thing. This quote with hindsight is really interesting when we know that they had only separated for a matter of days before she publicly filed for divorce. And that is not throwing shade in any way by me saying they didn't work at it. But I'm just saying it's a really interesting thing to say, hypothetically, people file for divorce very quickly. You've got to weather the storm. And then when something happens that really shakes your belief in your partner, you can go, nah, I'm done like that. Within a year of giving that quote, like she gave that quote to the Wall Street Journal and a year later, her and Brad were done. It's just so interesting that something can flip so, so quickly. And flip it did. So Angelina filed for divorce in September 2016. It was September 20 and every single tabloid came out with the same story. It was that Angelina Jolie had filed for divorce from Brad Pitt after 11 years together. Now, the thing about this was the minute that this news broke to every tabloid, every tabloid also had a different kind of rumour about why the relationship had broken down and every single one of those rumours had something to do with Brad fucking up. Yes, they absolutely did. I mean, we had a quote to go on from Angie's side. Her representatives issued a statement that read, this decision was made for the health of the family. Angelina will not be commenting. She asks for the family to be given its privacy at this time. That health of the family thing, I think, has been spun out heaps in the five years since, hasn't it? Mm. When I said earlier that this was a marriage that fell apart very, very quickly. News broke in TMZ that the couple officially separated on September 15, 2016, and Ange had filed for divorce and that was made public by September 20. Five days. Five days. And I just think this is so completely unheard of in celebrity land, dare I say, because so many of them give themselves time to come to terms with their own separation before they even want it public. But this was kind of happening in real time. Well, it was almost like as soon as Angelina and Brad decided they didn't want to be on the same team anymore, they almost became enemies in some ways. Because a lot of celebrity couples, yes, they separate, but there is some kind of discussion of how are we going to break this to the media? Like, what is our PR approach to this? What is our strategy? 
In this instance, it's five days and we are on opposite ends of the same tennis court. Yeah, exactly. We also have completely separate PR teams who are releasing separate statements, yeah. which is also very unusual. According to TMZ, who broke the story, the minute that this was public, it was also public that Ange had also asked for physical custody of the couple's six children, giving Pitt visitation rights only. She didn't ask for any spousal support. To make a comparison here that might be helpful, when Kim and Kanye split, They both asked for joint custody and I would say that that divorce or that split has played out in a public way, in a pretty messy way, Mm. given what we know with Kanye's mental health and yet those two have just said, yeah, we want to do joint custody. And has said, I only want you to have visitation rights. I don't want you to have any custody of the children. Yeah, Brad Pitt did respond to this with a statement to People magazine which read, I am very saddened by this but what matters most now is the well-being of our kids. I kindly ask the press to give them the space they deserve during this challenging time. So I think initially it felt like Brad was a bit of a lone wolf in this story and it was Anne and the kids together. I mean, the minute that this was announced, There were just rumours about so many different things, as I said before, so, so many different things. But the crux of many of these rumours, according to Us Weekly in the kind of first few days after it was announced, was that there was a specific incident that drove Angelina to file, Mm. which obviously there are a few things that come to mind when you think of an incident, but most people's minds go to cheating. Yeah, most people's minds go to cheating, particularly because we had page six, which is owned by the New York Post, right that there was a cheating affair at the heart of this split. They reported that Angelina had hired, and I quote, a private investigator to spy on her husband while he was shooting Allied with Marion Cotillard. Allied was a film that I went and saw in the cinemas. This was a really interesting parallel to me because this is a film about two war spy operatives who are married and suspect that each other are on different sides. Oh, I have watched this film. This is actually not a bad film. It's actually a good film. Let us recommend this film to you guys (laughs) while we do the episode. But this is a great film, but I find this so interesting that It is very reminiscent of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where Brad met Angelina and the setting of them falling in love. Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith was, we're spies and we're married, but we're on different teams. Allied was like the classier, more highbrow, historic version of that movie. Yes. And so naturally, as you can imagine, the tabloids thought they really had a story here that, oh my goodness, it's history repeating itself. Brad is having an affair with Marion Cotillard, except They weren't. No. A day after these divorce headlines broke and the speculation of an affair was already all over the media, this is how quickly this story moved, Marion Cotillard had to address it on her Instagram. She released a statement in both French and English and she said, this is going to be my first and only reaction to the whirlwind news that broke 24 hours ago and that I was swept up into. I'm not used to commenting on things like this nor taking them seriously, but as this situation is spiralling and affecting people I love, I have have to speak up. Yeah, she went on. Firstly, many years ago, I met the man of my life, father of our son and the baby we are expecting. He is my love, my best friend, the only one that I need. Secondly, to those who have indicated that I am devastated, I am very well, thank you. This crafted conversation isn't distressing. And to all the media and the haters who are quick to pass judgment, I sincerely wish you a swift recovery. Finally, I do very much wish that Angelina and Brad, both of whom I deeply respect, will find peace in this very tumultuous moment. 
All My Love, Marion. By the way, that was the first time she announced to the world that these cheating headlines were surfacing at a time when she was freshly pregnant with her second child. Odd. I felt so sorry for her at this time. I remember this part of the story so, so well and I remember reading her statement and I felt so sorry for how she'd been pulled into this against her own will. I also felt desperately sad for her partner who had also been pulled into it. Those two have been together since 2007 and they're still together today. Mm. Like they still very much love each other. But the thing is the attention even in the days after that statement didn't die down and her partner Guillaume Canet was forced to write a statement of his own which read, I also don't usually talk about my private life, which until now I've always protected attentively. But the fury of the tabloids, the venal stupidity of some people calling themselves journalists, the haters who feel braver behind a keyboard drive me to speak of the pride, love, respect and admiration I have for Marion, staying as strong and intelligent in the face of all these stupid and unfounded accusations. Dare I say Marion Cotillard was the victim of clickbait journalism in that all these tabloids once they had seen that TMZ had gotten the jump on them all, once they had seen that TMZ was the first of the story, the page sixes of the world were clearly looking for a fresh angle that would give their website some kind of edge, give their website some kind of clout in this story. I mean, that's their job, right? Celebrity stories and breaking celebrity headlines is page six's job. They didn't do their job in getting to this story first, so they concocted potentially a lie about Marion Cotillard and then she has to deal with this and then this is something that would affect her reputation even until today before we researched this it was still a question mark in my head being like i wonder if there was an affair there there absolutely wasn't an affair there there was no evidence of this yeah and it was a really sad thing that clearly the tabloids wanted to prove true like this is a story that they wanted to be true because as i said before it was like history repeating itself I mean, when it came to the controversy around this divorce, this was really just scratching the surface. It was only going to get darker and a bit muddier from here. But we'll get to that after the break. All right, Zara, before the break, we touched on the rumours that were unfounded and untrue about Brad Pitt having an affair on the set of Allied with his co-star Marion Cotillard. Let's go to the allegations that perhaps have a little bit more weight and a little bit more truth to them. Yes. So going back to that initial statement from Angelina Jolie that we got given straight away when they announced their divorce, she said, just to remind us, the decision was made for the health of the family. TMZ reported just two days after the divorce proceedings hit headlines in September 2016 that Brad Pitt was under investigation by the LAPD and the LA County Department of Children and Family Services for allegedly getting verbally abusive and physical with his children. Yeah, so an event reportedly occurred the Wednesday prior to the separation and the divorce announcement and it happened, very Hollywood, on the family's private plane. Yes, so TMZ's report stated that Sources familiar with the situation tell us Brad, Angelina and their kids were on a flight last Wednesday when he allegedly got wasted on the private jet. He allegedly went wild, screaming and getting physical with the kids. We're told the plane landed in an airport around 8pm and witnesses say Pitt continued his rant on the tarmac and even tried leaving in one of the fuel trucks. Mm, The child abuse allegations, according to TMZ, were actually referred to the FBI. This is a really interesting detail about this story, but it makes a little bit more sense when you realise that because this alleged event happened in the air 
between France and the US, you can't actually get one police department to actually oversee it or have any kind of stake in it because it doesn't fall in their jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. There's no jurisdiction at all, which is, it's kind of like just something happening in space or something. (laughs) It's genuinely like that. So TMZ later reported while the details surrounding the event were murky, the anonymous person who reported hit to the Department of Children and Family Services alleged that he attacked Maddox on the family's flight home from France. The quote was, shortly after the plane took off, Brad and Ange began arguing and Maddox jumped up to verbally defend his mum. Brad then lunged at the boy and Angelina jumped in between them to block her husband. Brad connected in some fashion with his son. As we say, we still have no idea who that anonymous person was who tipped off the DCFS, but you can probably guess that they were on that plane. Yeah, and you can also probably guess that their account is somewhat accurate. Even pieces that Brad Pitt has done with the media since this time, since 2016, he's actually kind of accepted these allegations. Yes, it's not some big story where he hasn't admitted in some way that something did happen. Yeah, so he we'll talk about this in a little bit, but just in case anyone's hearing these details and going, this could be a completely bullshit tabloid story, I actually reject that. I think there's a lot of validity in this aeroplane, private plane story and in this argument Because Brad Pitt did a profile with GQ where they said that in the piece and he never denied it. He never made any effort to correct the record. It very, very much seems like this occurred. Well, yes, because you had Angelina's camp saying this occurred and you also had sources close to Pitt talking to people trying to kind of soften the blow. And sources close to Pitt at this time acknowledged that he was drunk and that there was an argument between he and Angelina. They also acknowledged that there was a parent-to-child argument which was not handled in the right way and escalated more than it should have. The source, though, went on to say that Pitt didn't hurt his son. The quote was, he is emphatic that it did not reach the level of physical abuse that no one was physically harmed. He did not hit his child in the face in any way. He did not do that. He is emphatic about that. He put his hands on him, yes, because the confrontation was spiralling out of control. (sighs) So when we say that sources from both camps have kind of all but confirmed something happened. I think that can be pretty fairly assumed. We just have a bit of grey area in between, like how abusive was this altercation and how violent was it? As part of these allegations coming out, though, a new light was shone onto the private life of Brad Pitt. I mean, this was Hollywood's golden boy and from all accounts he was the perfect family man until we learned in late 2016 that actually he was battling some pretty pretty dark demons behind the scenes. TMZ did report, according to their sources, that Angelina had become fed up with Brad's consumption of weed and alcohol and that Brad's, quote, anger problem caused her to believe that he had become dangerous for the children to be around. Brad Pitt kind of agrees with this sentiment. He certainly denies allegations that he ever assaulted his children, but he has admitted that he has battled some mental demons, particularly when it comes to addiction problems. In May 2017, he did that profile with GQ that I alluded to before, and the headline they ran it under was Brad Pitt talks divorce, quitting drinking and becoming a better man. So just to put this in timeline context, this divorce was announced in September 2016. This profile, as Mish said, came out in May 2017. So we're talking like... Nine months. Yeah, I was going to say six to eight months, (laughs) just some big, just months. But he would have done the interview probably after about six months of the split. The first thing I want to say, because there was a lot of good stuff in the interview with regards to shedding light on his addiction issues and his mental health, but the shoot itself needs a minute. (laughs) The shoot is 
so weird. Because this shoot went so viral. Like it was all over Twitter and I don't know how to explain it on the mic beyond just Google it. It's don't so, Google it. Come to our Instagram page. We'll have a whole series of shots from this shoot. It's famous because it was bizarre, like the poses, the angles. Yeah, he's like <laughs> lying in a desert and like – Posing very sultrally. Like he's dead though. Like he's dead. So I'm holding a laptop up to Zara so that she can explain this, but he's in all pink and he's lying down looking like he's been shot, but in a way that would be semi-sexy. Yes, it's a cross between (laughs) shot and sexy. And when I say shot, I mean with a bullet. There's other ones where he's like cuddled up to himself in the middle of the desert. Yes, these ones, these ones right here. I think we learned a lot about how many tattoos Brad Pitt has in this photo shoot because there are a lot. Just a wild shoot. Now, the quotes itself that accompanied this shoot, as I said, were quite searing. He said, I enjoy wine very, very much, but I just ran it into the ground. I had to step away for a minute. And truthfully, I could drink a Russian under the table with his own vodka. I was a professional. I was good. I didn't want to live that way anymore. Yeah, we also got an insight. I think for the first time as to how lonely Brad Pitt was in 2017. He told the journalist, it was too sad to be here at home at first. So I went and stayed on a friend's floor, a little bungalow in Santa Monica. This house was always chaotic and crazy, voices and bangs coming from everywhere. And then as you see, there are days like this, very, very solemn. Yeah, the piece was filled with some intriguing and confusing insights into his mind. He also said, the bad stuff just keeps knocking. I'm 53 and I'm just getting into it. These are the things I thought I was managing very well. I remember literally having this thought a year, year and a half ago. Someone was going through some scandal. Something crossed my path that was a big scandal and I went, thank God I'm never going to have to be part of one of those again. I live my life. I have my family. I do my thing. I don't do anything illegal. I don't cross anyone's path. What's the David Foster Wallace quote? Truth will set you free, but not until it's done with you first. Yeah. Also, sorry that he thought that he was done with scandals I- and now <laughs> you are literally sitting on a podcast called Scandal. Oh, the poor guy. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't have not much sympathy. Brad Pitt spoke to the New York Times in 2019 again about his alcohol problem. He said he had actually attended 18 months of Alcoholics Anonymous after Angelina filed for divorce. He said, I had taken things as far as I could take it, so I removed my drinking privileges. You had all these men sitting around being open and honest in a way I had never heard. It was just this safe space where there was little judgment and therefore little judgment of yourself. It was actually freeing just to expose the ugly sides of myself. Really honest quotes at the very least, but I think it's kind of what he had to do. I mean, you've got a story from an ex-wife saying that you were abusive on a plane to children. Like that is a horrendous story if true. And at the very least, he needed to come out and say, yeah, I'm pretty damaged in some way or another. And I have work to do. Yeah, exactly. He also said back to that GQ profile, I was really on my back and chained to a system when child services was called. And you know, after that, we've been able to work together to sort this out. We're both doing our best. I heard one lawyer say, no one wins in court. It's just a matter of who gets hurt worse. And it seems to be true. You spend a year just focused on building a case to prove your point and why you're right and why they're wrong. And it's just an investment in vitriolic hatred. I just refuse. And fortunately, my partner in this agrees. It's just very, very jarring for the kids to suddenly have their family ripped apart. My partner in this agrees is very interesting wording because by all accounts at this point, I mean, we're in 2017 at the moment, by all accounts, Angelina 
at least in a public sense, didn't seem to be in his team or his partner in any way. So for Brad to give that quote maybe alluded to things being better behind closed doors than how the tabloid media, or at least by how journalists had presented it to the public. Well, it's interesting here because he does make the point that by drawing out like a custody battle through the courts, his quote is, it's an investment in vitriolic hatred. Mm. And it's hard to read that, a quote from 2017, something he clearly didn't want to be happening when it is still the case in 2021, when they still haven't got this sorted. And it's like, where has the communications broken down? Like, is this what Brad wanted? And is this what Angelina wanted at the time? But something else dramatic has happened since then to make them hate each other even more? Or was this just Brad Pitt's spin and Angelina was never really a partner in this with Brad? Yeah, I'd be interested actually to hear from the scandal listeners who have been through divorces, because I know I've certainly watched movies or spoken to people who have had divorces who say that you kind of go into it thinking it's going to be as amicable as possible, that you're going to be the different couple who doesn't get swept up up into the nastiness, but then you find yourselves yeah. years later being that couple. I wonder if you went back and spoke to that Brad Pitt in 2017 and said, this is where you'll actually be in 2021, what his response would be. And I wonder if both him and Angelina thought we will be that couple. We will put our shit aside and do what's best for the family, but then found themselves getting caught up in it like so many people do. Yeah, maybe you're right. Another thread that came out of this story around this time was question marks or a real cynicism for Angelina's allegations. And I want to stop on this for a second because The Cut published a really interesting article shortly after the divorce was announced arguing that all the bad Brad Pitt press was carefully orchestrated by Angelina and her team, Mm. which is not to say that it's not true, but it is to say that there was a careful strategy on how that was being leaked and to whom. Yeah, like a careful platforming of certain facts at the expense or alongside others. This was one quote that was really interesting from that cut article. So far, every tabloid story about the Brangelina divorce has featured some kind of source claiming that Brad's bad behaviour caused it. When taken together, these stories paint an unflattering portrait of Brad Pitt. Angie wants full custody of the couple's six children and her PR team is not messing around. It should be noted that that quote came before it became clear or much clearer that there was an incident on the plane that was hard to deny. But there did feel to be a real suspicion around Angelina Jolie. I mean, there has been a real suspicion around Angelina Jolie for decades. I think she's had better times in the public eye than others. But I think at this time, and I know we're only speaking anecdotally, that there really felt like this sense of, should we feel sorry for Brad? Is she making this up? Is she just trying to slam him publicly and pull him through the press so that she gets custody of the kids? And it's a narrative that I look back on and think like, how did that happen? How Mm. was there not more outrage for what he allegedly did? Yeah. Well, it's almost like How did our adorable Labrador puppy of Brad Pitt, who always means well but sometimes gets caught up in things and makes mistakes, get kind of sucked into the manipulative, scheming nature of Angelina Jolie? It's certainly like treating Angelina with this certain level of suspicion that she always has some ulterior motive or that she will go to the ends of the earth to get her way, whereas Brad Pitt's just the lovable puppy that looks great in whatever he wears. You know, it it makes me think that her reputation – was 
really, really strong when she was by his side, but that the minute they split up and she wasn't kind of directly linked to him in a romantic sense, she kind of reverted back to that. Yes, Billy Bob Thornton era Yes, almost. we were like, oh, she was the person we always thought she was. She is this conniving, very manipulative person who is trying to just get what she wants. When in reality, it's just a very sort of one-dimensional and completely unfair way to look at somebody like this seemed very much like she was trying to protect her children and I don't think the media believed it as much as they should have it's not to say that people called her outright a liar but I felt like the mood was funny well I think we just like to find a villain in things right like we want to find the good guy we want to find the villain and I think the more I've personally looked into this story the more I don't see Brad or Angelina fitting solely into either camp like there are sides to everyone that make us the villain in some settings and everyone that make us the good guy in others. So I don't know. I just think it's tired that people instantly point the finger at Angelina, but don't point the finger at Brad when he's clearly done some messed up shit in his own right. Yeah. So let's fast forward to 2018 because things were still pretty rocky in 2018. Angelina, as you remember, initially didn't ask for any financial support from Brad when she filed for divorce. But in 2018, her attorney stated in a brief filed before the court that Pitt has a duty to pay child support. As of present, he has paid no meaningful child support since the separation. Mm, This was an interesting time because this came around the same time that Angelina dumped Laura Wasser. You guys, if you've listened to Shameless a lot, would have heard that name. In fact, if you've listened to Scandal, you've probably heard (laughs) that name because Laura Wasser is also Kim Kardashian's divorce attorney. She represented her not just in the divorce from Chris. Humphreys, but also the divorce that is currently ongoing with Kanye. She's also represented Heidi Klum, Chris Jenner, Johnny Depp, Ryan Reynolds, Christina Aguilera, Hilary Duff, Patricia Arquette. I mean, the list is on and on. Kelly Clarkson. like Lots of celebrity divorces, lots of clientele. She is the celebrity divorce attorney. And I find it interesting that Angelina dumped her around this time. I feel like this is where things started to go really wrong in these divorce proceedings. Things had already been happening for about two years. She dumps her divorce lawyer and suddenly we find ourselves locked in the messiest court battle probably known to the celebrity world. Yeah, and I guess before we get more into the court battle and how messy it got over the next few years, Angelina kind of didn't really speak up about her split from Brad until 2019. Her first interview was with a French publication called Madame Le Figaro in 2019, which was translated by Lainey Gossip. Now, Lainey Gossip is a celebrity blog ish kind of thing, but Lainey herself does speak French. So she translated it. And one of the quotes in this interview from Angelina was, I do not know about destiny, but I'm certain that I'm in transition and this is a homecoming. I'm coming back to myself because I was a little lost. Yeah. The clarification here was really interesting. She said that she did find herself feeling lost towards the end of her relationship with Brad. And her quote was, it was complicated. I didn't recognize myself anymore. And I'd become, how do I say this, smaller, insignificant, Significant, even if I didn't show it. I was profoundly, deeply sad. I was hurt. On the other hand, it was interesting to tap into this humility and sense of insignificance. In the end, that's human. And on top of that, I was dealing with some health issues. All of these things ground you and remind you of how lucky you are to be alive. It's a lesson I pass on to my children, the idea of renewal and through it all, the possibility of joy. She also talked more about how divorcing was the right thing for her children in an interview with Vogue India in 2020. She said, 
I separated for the well-being of my family. It was the right decision. I continue to focus on their healing. Some have taken advantage of my silence and the children see lies about themselves in the media, but I remind them that they know their own truth and their own minds. In fact, they are six very brave, very strong young people. To their credit, things look to be as okay as we've seen from them (laughs) since they divorced around this time. Just to clarify, lots of ups and lots of downs. Lots of swings and roundabouts. So I'm not going to say they were in the best place possible, but Brad was photographed leaving Angelina's house in 2020. And a source did say to People magazine that they were doing okay at co-parenting. They said it's taken them a lot of time with a lot of family therapy to get to this point. The younger kids go back and forth between their houses and Brad loves spending as much time with them as possible. He seems much happier. It was also really clarified in 2020 that Brad was spending time with the younger kids, but that Pax and Maddox were not included in that group. Yeah, it was never very clear what his relationship with Maddox and Pax was, but the assumption I think, which both Angelina and Brad have never confirmed, was that they didn't have a relationship. Mm. In 2020, things really started to take another turn in the most exhausting divorce case ever. So in September 2020, four years after she filed for divorce, and asked for the private judge overseeing their divorce proceedings to be disqualified and kicked off the case. Now, when I say the private judge overseeing their case, what I mean by that is They're not going through the normal court system to do this because, of (laughs) course, it is apparently quite common for high-profile couples to pay for private judges in their divorce proceedings so they can keep the finances and the personal details within them sealed. Like some legal moves have to be made in a courtroom, like, Mm. hey, I want to have this judge struck off. Like that has to go through the normal courtroom, which means we have access to details. But the case itself now kind of is under seal. Under a very expensive seal. This is said to be one of the most expensive divorces in celebrity history. I can't fathom five years of paying a, a judge, judge and a whole legal team each. I'm like, how are they not broke? So fucked. According to the Associated Press, Angelina wasn't a huge fan of old mate judge because he allegedly had some kind of private connection or some kind of familiar relationship with one of the guys on Brad Pitt's team, like one of his lawyers. Yeah. So apparently he hadn't disclosed that he'd done business dealings with one of Brad Pitt's lawyers. Right. It didn't work. She couldn't get the judge struck off. So that is still the same private judge working on this case today. And it's been pretty clear that Angelina, while sitting before this judge, hasn't felt like he's really warm to her or that he has perhaps warmed more to Brad Pitt's team's angles and their stories. Like it definitely seems that Angelina Jolie feels that the judge hasn't carried out this trial in the way that she would like it to be carried out. So Angelina didn't get her way. The judge remained in his little important judge seat. (laughs) Nice. What happened next? So it was about this time that we started talking again about these domestic violence allegations because Angelina said that she had proof that it happened. So she said as part of her case, she was able to prove that he did what she said he did. And this is when we started talking about this again. Like I think for Brad Pitt, he kind of thought that maybe that story was in 2016. He'd done much of the work to better himself after that. But no, we were thrust right back into 2016. Yeah. Angelina filed on behalf of her three youngest kids in the hope that they would be able to testify in the case and be involved, which is interesting to involve 
the youngest kids that seem to have a relationship with Brad Pitt at this point in their lives and to draw them into a court case where from the beginning the messaging was we want to do this for the health of our family and keep them out of the headlines. Yes, and only last month did we learn that that wasn't allowed. So last month Brad Pitt was actually awarded custody in the middle of May this year, some five years after she filed for divorce. The judge issued a temporary ruling giving the duo shared custody custody of the children, except Maddox, who's now 19, and it's he can mm. just do whatever he wants. But Jolie is continuing to fight because those three kids that she wanted to testify weren't actually called to testify, and she wanted them to testify. Instead, apparently, according to page six, the judge interviewed a ton of witnesses, experts, like psychologists, people that spent time with both Brad and the children, like apparently heaps and heaps of people were interviewed and he granted shared custody, but Angelina wants to continue pursuing sole custody. She really is hell-bent on her having sole custody of these children. Like to be here in 2021 and for this to be so embittered shows that she is almost desperate to make sure that those children are not living under Brad Pitt's roof any day of the week. It's hard to make sense of. Like, it's hard to believe that the couple that we spoke about at the beginning of this episode being the loves of each other's lives and being the definition of a family and having this supernatural bond and now in a place where they are fighting like cat and dog. Yeah, and really publicly too. Like, the funny part about this story for me is – it hasn't been that hard to research because everything's in the public domain. Mm. Like that's the strangest part. I mean, if we're looking at Brad Pitt in 2021, I feel like it's a very different Brad Pitt to the Brad Pitt we were introduced to in part one of this series when he was marrying Jennifer Aniston and they were the golden couple and they were marrying in front of 200 people in this million dollar wedding and there were 50,000 flowers and they were everybody's favorite couple. Like the person that we see him as now is not that guy really. Yeah. I mean, he had that quote about how all the worst things in life were fame, wealth and riches or <laughs> Maybe whatever. He's right. Good looks. Maybe he's right. Like no. his life in some ways has ended up being incredibly dark for a guy who had it all. Like, yeah, he's succeeding in a commercial career sense, but he cuts a very lonely figure for a guy that was once our golden king of Hollywood. Yes, but then I think about it from the other angle and I'm like, despite all the bad press that's dogged him in the last five years, we really tend to forget it when it comes to Brad Pitt. Like he's still Brad Pitt, the movie star. And I think by virtue of being like this hot white male, we have forgotten many of the reasons that he's been embroiled in scandals and he's kind of got away with it. Like he's still doing some of the best work of his career. Yeah. And I'm going to be really interested to hear the listeners feedback. Do you think it is okay for someone to be redeemed in this kind of story? I mean, we only have murky details about what happened on that plane. If it's Angelina's version of events, this is a guy who potentially abused, physically assaulted his son. If it's Brad's version of events, something happened that shouldn't have happened, but that he has redeemed himself for. So it's interesting to try and find our way through all of that gray area. In 2019, he really did hit the peak of his career. He was being recognized for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He received awards for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards, the Golden Globe Awards, the BAFTA Awards, Screen Actors Guild Awards, and the Critics' Choice Movie Mm. Awards. He really claimed everything on that run. Now he's working on a movie called Babylon alongside our gal Margot Robbie. Yeah, so his career is still going from strength to strength. So even though we can say he cuts a pretty lonely figure, 
it's kind of like he does, but he also doesn't. Like, he's still in the centre of everything. Like, he's still in the epicentre of Hollywood. He still is Hollywood in many ways. Yeah, but then when he goes home, what does he go home to? Well, Which I feel like is the most important thing of I'd, all. But perhaps he might have a partner we don't know about. It he did be... have that girlfriend for a bit, remember, who yes! also was married. Yes, Brad, what are you doing? So I, would I, love to, I would love just to sit down with Brad over a cup of tea and be like, let's work through some <laughs> shit. Give us some stories. <laughs> but I think for now, that's where we're going to leave it. This episode was researched by Justine Landers-Hanley with help from you and I, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this three-part epic series on Jen, Brad and Ange. We cannot wait for you all to weigh in with your thoughts and where you stand on this. I'm exhausted. If I'm exhausted talking about this divorce for the last 50 minutes, how the hell did Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie feel five years on? It would be exhausting. Guys, if you want to support the show, as always, click that green follow button on Spotify and that purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. If you're feeling so inclined and kind, leave a (laughs) five-star review. As always, so fine if not. So fine if not. Get on with your day. We don't care. (laughs) Well, we care a little bit. (laughs) Guys, follow us on Instagram at shamelesspodcast to stay up to date with what we are doing at Shameless HQ and of course to look at photos of Brad Pitt rolling around in a sand dune. Yeah, how good. Bye. Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.